0: The times we make it at home from the store, you know, won't eat it, won't eat it. But come to Heyday and eat fresh asparagus. He's like, this is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, that quality of food makes such a huge difference on your palate, you know,
1: just. Hey there. Welcome to Social Creative Conversations. My name is Amy Vallejo, and I am a lover of all things involving connecting women to conversation mostly done through creativity in my experience-based workshops. Here on the podcast, we continue our goal of building relationships and connection. Our space explores the women behind many creative brands. We connect through conversations and stories because as you well know, we are more than just a pretty little picture on a social media platform. We live full lives with the complexities and beauty to share, to learn, and to grow from. And my hope is the sharing of our lives and learnings deepens our connections so much more. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to May. Um, It was so much fun because I was looking at old pictures of our modern May Day event that we hosted last year in May, where we dropped off these gorgeous cones because you know how we do. We want to inspire you to see beauty, and oftentimes that beauty is in nature, super accessible to every one of us, and we get to see it, receive it, and share it with others. And I'm so excited because as I'm thinking about this next May, we have such a fun opportunity. We get to slow down, see the beauty, with intentional eyes and really appreciate nature in a whole other way at a location that is about as magical and charming as it gets. Today I'm talking with Tad and Tiffany Mitsui, the husband and wife co-owners of of Hay Day Farm, which is a 25-acre historical and sustainable farm located on Bainbridge Island. Now, if you're new to Seattle and you're not familiar with Bainbridge, it's a city in Kitsap County right in the Puget Sound. We're talking a 30-minute ferry ride from Seattle where as the ripples leave the ferry, you fall deeper and deeper into relaxation mode. Like island time, for reals. Now, I've been going to Bainbridge Island for at least 20-25 years, but you'll hear from the episode that it certainly has developed over the years. There has been a boom of residency in Bainbridge, through the food scene, through a lot of people moving, even during the pandemic, and Heyday certainly is a special part of that, while maintaining its old-school farmhouse charm and genuine salt-of-the-earth hospitality. Tad and Tiffany were born and raised on Bainbridge Island, and you'll hear them speak to heyday back in the day when, as children, it was actually kind of hidden in blackberry bushes. You'll hear about how it was restored and actually brought back into its heyday. And let's talk about food. It is at the core of what they do. You'll see on their website that they say, Our food has a story. And you'll hear that story, whether they're talking about their CSA, their bakery, their chef's garden, their sustainability practices of seed to plant, to plate, to compost. It has the small town sensibility and the family values that literally put beauty on your table. I'm so excited for you to listen in today and experience it through words before you experience it in person. And so with that, Here is Tad and Tiffany. Thanks for being a part of today's conversation. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for being on today. This is so fun. I wasn't sure who we would have with us today since I know that we're going to be a crew of women on the 22nd. And Tad, I will just tell you, you are the official second man to be on the podcast. Oh, next next to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) It's like both of the husbands get to be on. This is so fun. (laughs) Well,
2: well, I was the only uh, male in my my business for five years. So. Oh, you were? Yeah. and, And also raised by a single mother. So, you know, Lots of
1: women in my life. Oh man, I know. My husband was raised by a single mom too, and he keeps saying he's like nothing. I think when you when it's single mother and son, there's like even more of a special bond. uh, Because he keeps saying he's like, trust me, because I have three boys, and he's like, trust me. To those three boys, you are the creme de la creme. Like, you are it. And I'm like, well, that's not how it feels every day. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously.
0: <laughs> and they're talking to me and, yeah. and calling me names.
1: I know, exactly. Like, hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for being on. I, uh, I want to get to know Heyday a little bit more, and you guys a little bit more. Um, just you know, we've got our big event coming up on the twenty second, which we just launched, and so this is the ability for our audience and many others to get to know. Your dreamy space, and to get to know you guys, because this podcast is really about the people behind the brand, getting to know them. Because I just believe wholeheartedly that everything is about relationships. And so if there is a relationship that can be forged between them and you, they're more likely to be engaged, to come in to heyday and check it out. And from the people who are coming from Seattle, like take the ferry over and get dinner and, you know, come and see. So anyways, I thought that I would start off just by kind of sharing how I even came to know you guys. It was because this has been in the works for a long time. I had last summer, I was meeting a friend of mine, uh, and she lives over on the island. I have a ton of friends who live over on the island and she was, uh, we went to dinner and it was sort of a heavy time for me at that time. And I just was needing, I shared a little bit in my newsletter about this, but I was really needing just like a time to exhale. And man, when you come over The island on a ferry that is like you already start to come down, right? Like there's just like a calming sense that comes over you. I feel like the
2: air is also like you just start breathing the air and it's cleaner. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it it totally is. It totally is. So we go out to dinner, we're having a great time. It's exactly what I needed conversation and food and the whole bit. And then um, she was like, Oh, on my way to drop you off at my car. I have to stop by and grab my CSA box at this. Oh, Amy, you have to check out this farm. And the, the woman who would be Sherry, I didn't know her at the time. She was like, she follows you on social media. So she knows what you do. And it'd be so cool to put that connection together. So we drive out and I'm like thinking, okay, this is going to be like a roadside stand. I don't know what this is, you know? And we pull up on a beautiful summer evening and the light was just so, and I got to meet Sherry and she came over and just like hugged me and was so excited. (laughs) And we got a tour of the whole, like all the grounds. She took us around to all the little, you know, the barn and the gardens and got Mm. to see inside. And I just was blown away. It was so magical. And of course, like the garden was in full glory, just so many flowers and um, veggies. And it was just lush and green and toured through. And it was just like, I knew then that I had to come back. And I had to bring people with me because it was just so, I'm all about experiences. And I feel like in my industry, I get to see a lot of the hidden gems that maybe not a lot of people have come to encounter yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone has to see this place. Everybody.
0: <laughs> magic. Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. And,
2: yeah. and we hear that a lot, like the magical, but it's hard in print or in media to-
0: relay
1: and
2: share that with people <laughs> but when they step foot on the property they really experience it. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you know even leaving I think that's one of the most significant things about an experience is the memory that lingers yeah. for a really long time and that I still have that image of like being in the middle of where your garden was and just like looking around me and seeing the yellow farmhouse. And it was just like so picturesque and just a regular picture doesn't even do it justice, right? Because yeah. you don't have that magical air, Tad, that Bainbridge offers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: the smells like, and all, the, all, the, yeah, that, yeah. all your other senses come alive. Now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It was just totally like sensory overload. And so I'm so excited to bring people, you know, to see it and have their own experience on your farm property. But before we do, I know you guys are, so you are co-owners and you each, uh, Tad, your co-owner and chef, head chef, right? Like yeah. all the food comes through you. Yeah. And then Tiffany, you are, you do all the beverages? your director of beverages yeah. and all of that. Do stuff. all that, I do yeah. like all the social
0: media, all the website stuff, and yeah, admin work. Yeah, and, yeah. I work yeah. events and just yes. a little bit
1: of everything. <laughs> yes, it is a little bit of everything. When the door breaks, you're the one who's like calling yeah. yeah. you know. the people like dad. No. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, tell us a little bit about. Before we kind of jump into your work life, tell us what a home life looks like. I know that you guys are are longtime Bainbridge residents. So why don't you share just a little bit about yourselves um, before we jump into other. Yeah. So we both grew up on Bainbridge. We
0: didn't know each other when we were growing up. Todd's a little few years older than I am. Um, But we both grew up here and now we're raising our four kids. We've got uh, one girl and three boys. And
2: and, and both of us came from lar- larger <laughs> families. So, it, you know, like we're accustomed to having a, a good group around the dinner table or. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You're
1: accustomed to loud, yeah, loud, loud being good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 So,
0: yeah, we both kind of just worked at lots of different little places here on the island. And Tad went over to the city and got a lot of experience. Um, I can let him talk about that, but yeah, but yeah, we,
2: we try to maintain a good work and home life balance, so uh, um, just Having somebody to connect with where me and Tiffany really agree on almost everything and, you know, never really get into arguments or anything like that with, you know, what we're doing as a family. It really is helpful with kind of just the progress and, and the separation of the yeah. life and work. So we yeah. try to instill that with our work, too, where we want our employees to have healthy lives so that when they mm-hmm. come to work, it's not muddled.
1: Right. I mean, when you're working with family, it can be tricky. There's a lot of overlap, but when you do it well, it's great. Right. I mean, and everyone wants to love where they work. And that's such a purposeful thing as owners and people who are, you know, trying to make that work experience really enjoyable Mm -hmm. and like a family almost, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. So Tad, you spent a lot of your life cooking in the kitchen. You came over to the city. What does that look like? Yeah.
2: Um, when I graduated high school, I had been cooking for uh, three years already. So uh, I went to culinary school and then yeah. I, I got a job. Um, and this is something I've been bringing up lately because of the labor market. But when I was 19, I applied for a job at uh, Tom Douglas's restaurant. Yeah. Uh, to open the palace kitchen,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I, they chose me over like 250 people, and wow. I know. And now nowadays, we put an ad out, and we get three replies in four weeks. So like to think back, where it was like a job like that garnered right. you know, 200, 300 applicants. Totally. It's pretty amazing. But um, yeah, I got a lot of experience in Seattle restaurants where I worked for Tom Douglas's group for like six years. And and then I kind of came back on this side. Um, when I was 20, I came back and did a sweat equity project where I built a house on the island and decided at 20 that I wanted to be a homeowner <laughs> and, like, Whoa! and like get ahead and like, you know, start my family without a family and then luckily luckily i met tiffany and then we got to start our family so
1: she's like this is pretty amazing a guy the guy has his act together like he's (laughs) 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 great (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing so did you live over in the city
2: Yeah, I lived in the city and then I've done commuting both ways where I lived over there and commuted over here for work or lived over here and commuted over there. But um, yeah, I spent about uh, four to six years in the city. Yeah. uh, Living apartment life, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's something that everyone has to go through. Yeah. But, you know,
2: I always knew, you know, I'm born and raised on the island. So yeah. Um, At a young age, which, you know, like showing that I built that house at 20, I always knew that I wanted to root myself on the island and, raise my family and it was funny growing up a lot of people would I can't wait to get off the island I need Be to included. I need to get <laughs> as far away from here as possible and then they all come back and
1: then, yeah some of them come back too late
2: and they can't really afford to live here and, and right and raise their families but I always kind of knew it was a special place and um, you know being a third generation person out here, Um, I, I understood it pretty early. So,
1: yeah, that's phenomenal. I have, um, when I was in my twenties, most of my friends actually grew up on the Island, came Mm -hmm. over to Seattle and we all lived here in Seattle. And then, you know, because their mom told them, so they'd go back and go visit, but now they all, I mean, a good majority of them moved back. You know, they moved back to Bainbridge and they almost knew just like you did in your twenties of like, instinctually, I will be back here and I'm going to raise my family here. This is where I belong. Yeah. That's like
2: homing beacon. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally. And I mean, just the, what they say about that ability to let their kids roam free, you know, they've got kids and they let their kids roam free on the street and they're not worried. And yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just such a, it just feels well in my, in my email that I had sent out, I just called it other world. Cause it's just, it just has a different sense to it. And I think that's what brings a lot of families over and most, and more recently too, maybe. So you're used to commute life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But then, um, you know, as I kind of, rooted myself here with the house. I, I I started to develop more time in the local restaurants and then garnered a good following where uh, you know that kind of led to you know being here and having a, a, a farm support a restaurant that I was yeah. working on. Um, you know my grandparents had 35 acre farm off of South Kingston Road. Mm. Um, so growing up I kind of experienced the farm life a lot and like um Wanted to the last six years before coming here to Heyday, I, I really thought a lot about wanting a farm to support what I was doing to um, have that control in the food chain mm. and the supply of what we were going to be using. So I, I had always thought I would do it on their property and mm-hmm. have to figure out logistics, but this opportunity came about and it, it just was perfect for us. So.
1: Yeah, so when you were growing up, like uh, how old is Heyday?
2: So it's eight years old? 11.
1: No, total. Uh, oh like uh, how long has that house been there, the farmhouse been Oh there? yeah, like 1896. 1806 or so ninety six, eighteen ninety six, yeah. Yeah, so it's on the door. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? You've lit yeah. you lived there, so you knew of that space that yeah, a lot of Robert the time a. when
2: we were growing up, it was uh vacant. And mm. just
0: like Blackberry
2: bushes. Yeah. I remember
0: yeah. driving by as a kid because I had a friend that lived down here and it was just a field of blackberry bushes. <laughs> so,
1: oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That's so crazy now for you to look back and think of yeah. how it looked then. And, you know, did you ever think someday I will own that space and we'll make it mine and we'll develop it into something, you know? Yeah. No, it
2: was so overgrown. It just felt like it wasn't there.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Couple who turned it into heyday did an amazing job.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And they originally bought it to preserve open space mm. and to have a trail that connected uh, Eagle Harbor to Blakely Harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a middle segment of a trail that goes across the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and they donated that that part to the parks department mm-hmm. so um and then after they had bought the farm to keep it open space or the land they were like oh, let's let's turn it into a farm again and and kind of bring it back to its heyday yeah um, and that's where that name kind of came up about so
1: yeah i love that i love yeah. that So I know we're gonna have a lot of people who are coming over from Seattle and a lot of people who are new to Seattle. Can you give us an idea of a a look at what Bainbridge was like growing up and if, and just now, 10 years ago to now, like what are some of the, a couple of the differences that you've noticed? One thing
2: that I always kind of bring back is like growing up here it always seemed like if you were on the ferry or in the grocery stores, mm-hmm. you knew every single person.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: And really was always
0: somebody your parents knew, so you like,
1: uh oh. you never did anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You it it was good. like a support <laughs>
2: system or just a, you know, good group, group of people that you always had something in common with. Yeah. Um, as time's gone on, which growth is inevitable, but mm-hmm. they've done somewhat uh, mitigated some of that growth into certain areas of the island but uh the thing I always think back to is like kind of about 88 to 94 the population went from about uh, 12,000 people to 20,000 people
1: oh my gosh
2: so it used to be a lot more like Whidbey or Vashon where it was a lot smaller community and and more uh, urban but as you know the housing prices went up in lots of different areas. It drove more people here because it was a value. And it's so beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. So it just kind of got exposed and then it doubled in size. And I think currently we're at about like 23,000 people. So people who've only been here for 20 years haven't really seen the population growth. They see more like uh, buildings growth mm-hmm. where right. the urban centers have gotten built up a lot more than just the whole island in general. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for me, it's just seeing the whole island double in like four years was just a crazy <laughs> thing to see. So.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Completely. and Yeah. So many changes, like even in like the restaurant world over on the island, you yeah. know, so many new and, um, yeah, lots more
2: opportunities for them yeah. with the, a larger population, and and mm-hmm. you know, uh, the proximity to Seattle where they can just hop a ferry over and, and have a nice day trip. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it really is such a great spot. So close, it's so close and yet so far away, which yeah, feels it feels like we do amazing. some dinner
2: parties where the hosts are like. I keep trying to bring all my friends over from the city, but they're like, it's so far. I gotta,
1: we have to <laughs> I spend explain. the whole day. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it's they, they come over and then they realize it's really worth it with what, what Bainbridge has to offer.
1: Totally. Yeah. And then once they do, I mean, it's the same thing of like, you have to experience for yourself. Once they do, then they're like, oh gosh, it's so close. It's actually not so bad, you know? Yeah. And yeah. sitting on a
2: ferry was beautiful. And yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all the things. Well, tell us, give us a little picture on uh, how your journey with Heyday started. Like, what yeah. does that look like? So maybe some history on the farmhouse and just kind of what happened when you took it into your own hands.
2: Yeah, so I can kind of start that off, and Tiffany yeah. share as um, yeah. at the beginning part. It was mostly me
1: because
2: mm-hmm. um, Tiffany was home with the babies, and <laughs> yeah.
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: two of our uh, boys were you know really either not born or born throughout the process of opening this business. Up. Yeah, so, um, we I got brought in as an interim chef, and I did about uh, six months kind of filling in when they did some dinners here, but they weren't as frequent as uh, we do them. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: The original landowners were working with a couple that were developed and built up the farm and the systems that they were doing here. Um, and then after about two years, it became quite an undertaking. So mm. the landowners brought in individual contractors to work in areas that they were more experienced in. Mm. So I submitted a business plan for, uh, running the hospitality, the overnight stays and the events, um, and food service.
1: Cause and it was a go- bed and breakfast, right? Like it was the yeah, yep. yeah.
2: And that was what it was primarily in the beginning. It was more bed and breakfast and farm mm-hmm. than kind of a food venue,
1: right? That okay. We've kind
2: of turned it into, which mm-hmm. um, kind of ties back to some of my uh, island local uh, following of food people in restaurants. So yeah, um, so we they chose us for or chose me to be a business owner here. Um, And then there was a couple other business owners in the creamery and out in the the farming. Um, And then we had a store that they were, there was another owner there. Um, And, you know, as time's gone on, so we've been here a little over six years now. Mm -hmm. um, We incorporated one of the other areas into our business um, as different businesses that were here stopped operating Mm -hmm. so you know as time on I took over a little bit more of each of the farming areas Um, like we took over the chef's garden after the first year we took over the flower garden after the second year we took over the berries after the third year and then we took over the greenhouses and then pretty much we started being the primary people growing on the property. So, um, yeah. So, and then we've just kind of developed things as we've gone and, and, um, to fine tune fine-tuned things. We, we felt like in the beginning, we started really broad with all the areas we do because we do so much stuff. Um,
1: yeah. You have so much yeah. on that property. So, it's amazing. Yeah.
2: So in the food side, we, you know, we do, uh, uh, pop up community dinners. Mm -hmm. We do uh, private events. We do events that we put on ourselves, which is like the fun stuff we like to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we do weddings, catering, business retreats, um, like uh, educational stuff within the community. And then now we've included farming and and wholesale baking. Yeah. Yeah. So we have quite an undertaking going on.
1: Uh, yes oh my goodness and you do what like winemaker or do you do wine dinners oh yeah and and,
2: we have yeah that's
0: my
2: favorite part yeah yeah and (laughs) And that's part of that like the events we put on ourselves where it's like those are like we bring out peers and do guest chef dinners or we get to go out and meet really uh smaller boutique wineries and have them come out and share their craft with our audience and yeah uh, those are just fun for us to curate. We, we're doing ones this year where it's theme dinners, so we're picking mm. an ingre- ingredient and featuring it through a whole menu.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah. I know I saw something about. I think it asparagus. was an old dinner. Yeah, asparagus. I was yeah. Like, oh man, an all asparagus dinner. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> and and then after like year four, uh, right around year four and a half or five, Tiffany was able to kind of come back in. And um, start p- taking up um, some of the duties.
0: because oh, was it three? Four yeah, it was kind of COVID, so okay. <laughs> right, I was here before yeah. that,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Yeah. So then I got to start taking over the beverage scene and really creating a really awesome beverage menu, and then right during COVID, we got our um spirits endorsement on our liquor license so we can do cocktails and so that's been really fun to bring field to glass you know like this current cocktail we have right now is a rhubarb mint um, cocktail that yeah go out harvest the rhubarb and cut it up and make a syrup and then make an amazing drink so it's absolutely (laughs) I mean
1: you guys have so much at your fingertips so much yeah. available to play with and just get guests excited about and introduce them to. It's mm-hmm. so cool. So cool. Tiffany, how did you get into that the food world? Oh man. Food and so, wine world.
0: Way back when, when I was like 14, I started working at SIBO in Seattle. Um mm. So I would commute with my brother on his motorcycle because he <laughs> was there. So I'd nice. be on the back. <laughs> and this was like in the summer months because I was mm-hmm. in school, obviously. But um, and I would help um, my family friends who had this cheese company pack cheese. So yeah. that was really fun. So that was my introduction to like food and like food stuff. So then I started working as a busser at San Carlos and then mm-hmm. eventually became a bartender. And then you know, just working in the food industry and Mm -hmm. just traveling and eating at good restaurants and trying different things. I'm just like, I like good, good food, good wine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
0: And right now I'm working on getting this training course for wine and spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what it is. Wine Mm -hmm. and spirits, education, trust. And so we're going to do a host of class here at Heyday, And so you know, people in the industry, or just people who want to learn more about all the nuances of wine, um, can come and do the class. So, oh
1: my gosh, that yeah. sounds like so, I'm so excited. much fun! Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Okay, ladies, I need to interrupt real quick. Are you ready for your day away? I have an invitation for you to disconnect in order to reconnect. This is your day to escape, reacquaint with friends and self in a generous measure of connection time. Step out of the schedule and the hustle, take a deep inhale and exhale the luxury of time that's extended to you. Time to move at a slow pace, notice the sounds, linger in conversation and come back to self taste every flavor of food grown carefully discover the nuances of color up close and appreciate the intricacies create freely with no expectations or limitations you know what i'm talking about this is your day away over on heyday farm may 22 located on bainbridge island it's a celebration of women coming together from different places for a time of slow intention soul restoration observation of beauty and appreciation of creativity. Come with us on interactive nature walks, encouraging hand selection of garden edibles for our incredible meal that we will sit down to at a long table together. Through intentional observation, you will express nature's color on paper using watercolor taught by Lorene Edwards-Forkner, author of the newly published Color In and Out of the Garden. This is an all-skills experience. We'll focus on honing perception and using color to translate beauty on page. It's not botanical illustration so much as an exercise in mindfulness and seeing with fresh eyes. You know, really seeing the beauty we pass every day. And we have... 12 incredible collaborators on board including heyday farm a handmade garden mama bar megan Prouse photography preserve cabana witty Wares, old friend handmade moon tea artwork cake for breakfast the lightning booth and hello mia a wonderful collection of seattle and bainbridge island women-owned businesses you'll be able to experience their gifts and talents not only throughout the experience, but also at the mini marketplace and through some fun giveaways. Get ready to clink some glasses, get silly in a photo booth, and take the time you need with people who feel the same. Register before Mother's Day and take advantage of early pricing. Grab a friend or another mom and save $25 by taking a day away together. There are far too many details for me to list in one short clip. So please go to www.wearesocialcreative.com, click on day away at Hayday Farm in the workshop details page and check it out for yourself. I promise you this is the day away you have been longing for and you probably need just like me. Hope to spend my day with you. Okay, now back to the conversation. So how do you um, you've got four kids. I mean, I can barely keep up with three kids. How do you do with four kids? Lots of help. Yeah, <laughs> both yeah. our
0: parents, like my both my parents live here, and Tad's mom lives here. Yeah. So I'm like grandma. Yeah. Help, help, help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a lot of carpooling with friends. Um, yeah. you know, they're all into their own things, so they're all over the island doing activities and sports after school and. So it's just like being super organized, setting those reminders in my phone. I couldn't yeah. without Google calendars. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> and then, Ooh. yeah, just all that, that village, that support that you have, you totally. know. And yeah. we
2: adjust our schedules so that we're home yeah. regularly with everybody. So yeah. yeah. So
0: yeah. it's like one of us is taking somebody somewhere, or one of us is cooking dinner, and the other's doing something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's just I a mean, huge juggling act. It is. It yeah. is. And even in like our family, we it's like the rule: if it's not on the calendar, it's probably not happening. Cause I'm yeah. Like, pretty much. I, I need to know yeah. what is happening at all yeah. time. Who's taking this kid where, and what's yeah. happening, and who, you know. But even in that, like, there's such a um, fluctuation between work. Uh, work life and home life. Yeah. Like I bet your kids spend a lot of time at the farm. Well,
0: when we, when I started working at Heyday, um, our now six year old was about two and a half or three mm-hmm. and he would come with me. And so, and my first job here was doing all the cleaning I love cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> I like to clean. I like a neat, orderly, you know. Yeah. So he would, you know, he was scrubbing the toilets with me and folding all yeah. the laundry because we had the bed and breakfast, you know, so we had lots of laundry. And so he learned how to fold towels.
2: Yes. <laughs> you know, so oh they've
0: all been here, you know. During COVID, we all, the whole family came and pulled weeds in the um, blueberry field. And, you know, they just all get a little bit of heyday, which is really
2: awesome. And yeah. In the summer, they really love coming out and like walking in the fields and eating, eating food, food right <laughs> off of the yeah. plants or out of the ground. And, yeah. Yeah. For pull sure. Out
1: carrot and just
0: eating it with the dirt on it.
2: Yeah.
1: For yeah. sure. Well, that's definitely something that I wanted to ask you guys about because. I know just your philosophy around food, which starts with you, right? And then it trickles down to your kids and the guests that come in and the people that you interact with, but just your, you know, what you believe at your core and what you've even experienced from childhood. Ted, I was reading just a little bit on your bio of like how you loved eating salads as a kid, which I, by the way, I love that. And I am like- (laughs) Teaching my kids, like we have salad all the time and introducing them to new lettuce. Like my husband grew up on the head of lettuce with the Thousand Island Ranch dressing. That was his salad. And I'm like, no, no kids. There's so much more. Like there's a bajillion different lettuces that you have to try and go out to the garden and pick the tomatoes off the vine yourself And the herbs that go on, you know, just like introducing them to what is so much more than what they know and like establishing those eating habits. And I would just assume like having your incredible garden and the farmers who manage that and everything, just how that trickles down to your kids. So I'm just curious, like what is your, at your, in your heart, like at your core, what is your philosophy on food? Because I know it's like seed to plant to compost to soil, right? The whole yeah. Cycle. So,
2: so, because of the opportunities we have with what we grow here and yeah. our proximity to it, you know, like I've always felt like trying to keep food just really simple to the core of like mm. using the highest quality ingredients we can, but not just throwing a bunch of stuff into make it fancy. Right. Because when you're using, uh, you know, produce that's grown and harvested within hours or a day of when you're using it, there's so much more flavor and moisture and aroma and in, in each of those products. So just keeping them really simple where that stands out a lot more than throwing in, you know, a bunch of saffron or a but, you know, like adding all these ingredients to enhance your product but our product is really pure and and vibrant in the in its uh unmixed state so Mm -hmm. we don't really need to do much to it to kind of enhance that yeah we we like to make sure go ahead
0: oh and uh our son we have one one of our sons is super picky and like you know he's the plain chicken pasta with, you know, olive oil and salt, you know, very, yeah. you know, flavorful ish, but he's picking right, right. the bottom line. He's picky yeah. So we're out in the garden, pulling weeds one day over here in the chef's garden and the asparagus was coming up. And I was like, Oh, you got to try this asparagus Rio because it's so delicious. So we pulls some out and he tries it and he's like, Oh, I actually really like asparagus and like (laughs) all the times we make it at home from the store, you know, won't eat it, won't eat it, but come to Heyday and eat fresh asparagus. He's like, this is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like that quality of food makes such a huge difference on your palate. You know, just what are you going to like?
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. Exactly. So when you guys do your community dinners and stuff, does that, is it very, immediate or close to immediate planning of like what you're going to pull from the garden and put on the plate.
2: Yeah. We have kind of a, just a knowledge of what's growing at the time. Also, mm-hmm. like we have a, a, fresh list or, or a list of what's we're using or is available. Yeah. Um, but typically 80% of what we're using on our menu is from here of the produce, Um, so, you know, like that's a really neat thing to kind of honor. Absolutely. And then there's other, uh, dinner things or food things we do where we allow the guests to experience that side of it a little more where we'll start some of our dinners out in the garden. Mm-hmm. and and have them mingling and nibbling and yeah you know, asking a lot of questions about what we have out there growing so that's kind of yeah. neat and then they come in and, and eat the stuff they just saw out in the garden so yeah that, that really connects them to that where it's you know different than being in a city or a, on a main street where you're just surrounded by herb uh you know city
1: yeah, totally. Well, and we get to take advantage of that on the 22nd when we come yes. out for day away. I'm so excited. Just that um, the interactive connection to food of touching it, smelling it before you consume it, like getting all of the senses involved in that experience before you actually Put it in your mouth, I think okay. is so much a part of, and how it looks on the plate, but just the, it adds so much to the experience when you actually taste it then for the mm-hmm. first time. So I'm so excited for them to walk through and, and just do all of that and pick yes. it and then see it on their plate yeah, and taste it. And even when we were out there, uh, Tiffany, when we were out there for the photo shoot and we met Heidi and the gals and yeah. Yeah. we were, we, she was like, Oh, go ahead. Just pull a carrot. You know? Yeah. And this is what I <laughs> used to do as a kid. Like yeah. when I grew up, my parents, we had a huge garden and my mom and dad would be like, Oh, go, you know, if you're hungry for a snack, go out to the garden and go pick yeah. a, pull a carrot, you know? And so I'm like used to the carrot almost having that the grittiness of the dirt yeah, that's yeah. still the residual dirt that doesn't come off after you kind of like hose it down with your yard hose you know <laughs> yeah. um and so I pulled the carrot out with Heidi and I was like oh my gosh this is so good it's just as I remember it's just yeah. so it's guys just heightened flavor really
2: yeah and we find with that experience that there's a lot of nostalgia that yeah. comes yes. up I was that,
0: say too. <laughs> that yes. people
2: don't necessarily yeah. just think about but it just really shoots back to them when they yeah. are out in there and, and just the flavors and that smell and you know the sensory parts of things where it brings back these memories I love that yeah that's
0: like my favorite how food can do that just transport oh, yes. you back in time you know oh my gosh cool. and I think
2: as we've grown as a a society that's kind of lost because mm-hmm. it's so easy to get everything you could just yeah. sit on your couch and order any single thing you want and you don't have to do anything so there's that they've kind of taken away that like hands-on part of the sensory part of things with food so and yeah. a, in a lot of aspects there's yeah. a lot of people that are trying to maintain that which mm-hmm. is important So, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you, you know, when you have people come in and they're getting that experience of the freshest food and just the pride that you probably have of knowing that the majority of it came from hard work that your hands had, you know, were doing, is it just so awesome to watch someone experience that. I mean, to really sit is. back and watch a dinner where I'm sure for most people, it is a different experience to taste such freshness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would just think that would just be such a highlight just to have Good. it all in the, in all in one experience. Your garden is overlooking these people who are eating what just came from it. It just would be so cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. We take a lot of pride in that. And that, yeah. that, you know, that's a majority of why we
1: do what we do is to share sure. that
2: with the, the customers and, yeah. and the, the community yeah. um, in our different things we do.
1: And you have, you have a CSA, right? As well. So a lot of that garden goes to not only what you're um, using for the restaurant portion, but also for a CSA, correct?
0: Yeah. So we, um, this year we're offering a 50 person, 50 family, um, CSA, they're growing so much more food than they have ever before. And we're also going to be in the farmer's market this season. And we uh, wholesale
2: to a couple other businesses in the community too. Um, just to kind of get it out there to share with people a little more too.
1: Can you, uh, share a little bit more? Cause it was funny you say the acronym and i'm like i'm sure everyone knows and oh, yeah. my my husband was like what's a csa
2: <laughs> so
1: a CSA, <laughs> is,
0: a csa is community supported agriculture so pretty much you pay up front for a whole season's worth of produce so mm-hmm. our csa lasts 20 weeks mm-hmm. you get to pick up seven to eight vegetables or herbs each week for 20 weeks and it's a lot of food <laughs> yeah. and it's a lot of amazing just picked fresh food that you know this year we're going to include some recipes you know and give some ideas of what to do with kohlrabi you know like what right gonna do with you know all this chart or whatever it is mm-hmm. um so that will be fun for us to put together little bits to include with the csa yeah and we're also um before in the past, we've just done, here's your designated vegetables for the week, but this year we're going to do a little more of a market style. So you'll get your weekly bunch of carrots and your weekly bag of salad greens, but you'll also get an option of, you know, do you want kale or chard this week? You know, so you'll get, or that's nice or, you know, whatever the other vegetable is. So there is going to be a little more Choice and then we'll have um, extra stuff to sell too. So we'll sell our bakery baked goods. We'll sell extra vegetables. If you're like, oh, we're having a party this weekend, we need more salad greens, you know, yeah, that. Um, we'll be selling
1: wine
0: because I we've got lots of good wine that I like to share with people. Yes, <laughs> the it. other
2: part of uh, CSA is when the customers purchase their shares mm-hmm. early in the year. It it helps farms offset the costs of of doing what we're doing, where Mm. a lot of the costs for farming happen in the darkest, coldest months where you're not at farmer's markets or selling your produce to other areas where you're paying for all the dirt and all the seeds and all the labor and and fixing equipment. and, And that all really happens, you know, January through April or Mm -hmm. even in through October and November in the previous year. So Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of helps balance that for um, smaller businesses that are, you know, trying to to weather that winter month.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So you, so for your particular boxes, this comes from different places or it all comes from your
0: all from heyday. For all from all heyday. From yep. That's
1: amazing, and I love that they can just um because y- you had talked about doing it differently, so they just come, and yeah. So we always have a, box. a
0: Pick up, yeah. You, you know, you'll get your you'll get seven to eight vegetables, yeah. each week. But there will be a couple options within that.
2: Yeah. So now it'll be more spread out like a farmers market. So it's just like. Allows them a little more exclusive opportunity to see different parts of the farm and help support and participate. Absolutely,
1: so. and it's and again, it's interactive, right? Like you yeah. are you are selecting what you want to put in the box, not given and yeah. accepting what you have then just been given.
2: Yeah, I mean, I give it them just, a little more choice in the yeah. Form. Like I don't know what to do with radishes. I'd rather have carrots you know mm-hmm. like or, or beets because I know what to do with beets yeah
1: right It would also
2: help share with like Tiffany said about in- ingredients they don't know about And that's a little bit of the fun of kind of getting a, a mystery box right is like getting something you don't know what to do with and you know finding that challenge of what to do with it but yeah, yeah.
1: well the hilarious part so we we do get a Um, we do get a box. We get a box from milk run who also supports local farmers over here, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, Jake, it's the box that we get every two weeks, like (laughs) what in the world? But I, I mean, just helping people know, and also widening the, the breadth of what they know to be vegetables, right? Like getting Mm -hmm. sunchokes and being like, what the heck do you do with this? Or celery root or like whatever, you know, Yeah, it certainly expands their knowledge. And and also offers them opportunities to be more creative in the kitchen, mm-hmm. trying something completely new, which yeah. yeah I think is really cool. So that's awesome. And being able to pick up from the bakery. So tell me a little bit about the bakery, please, because I know that you sell to different places mm-hmm. on the island and you also sell to a couple of places over here. In fact, you sell at Ballard Market. Um, just yeah, like, Be- like, Ballard Town, and Country, Town and Country,
2: Shoreline, yeah. Town and Country, Mill Creek, and uh, Lakeview.
1: Yeah.
2: Lakemont, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, so- uh, there was a, a baker that had strong roots in the local community who had a bakery on the island for a long time for us growing up and just uh the whole community. Yeah. Um, and then she eventually moved her operation out to Fallsbow and then developed it into more of a, a wholesale business instead mm-hmm. of a standalone place. Um, and then the opportunity just came where we had a space in our barn that used to be a creamery mm-hmm. um, that we were going to be taking over. So we decided that uh, the, the mesh of just like the opportunity to get her wholesale business that she was looking to get out of it and putting it into our space that we didn't quite have a, a role to go into it. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of fell into right balance where um, we did all that work at the beginning of this year. And um, yeah, we're in uh, 26 or seven locations and. The Puget Sound area. So
0: that's is called Farm
1: Kitchen
2: Farm Bakery. Kitchen Bakery. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that is amazing. So I read a little bit about it and I and I don't know these women at all, but I was like, oh, my gosh, the the scene that I'm painting, the scene that I was painting as I was reading, I was like two ladies who were like really good at baking. And then what was one of their thing, like a pull apart?
0: Yes. Was one of their yeah. famous.
1: Do you still oh, have oh, yeah. did you keep yeah. a lot of the staples? And Absolutely. No, we
0: didn't. We haven't that. changed anything. Yeah. 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 Same things. So yeah. good.
1: <laughs> but just these these women who are known for their baked goods, right? Even mm-hmm. in your childhood, you knew of yeah. those, of them and this and and now this is something that you get to carry on. And I just am like, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and it kind of
2: harkens back to that nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. totally. Where you know, there's there's that history that brings back all these memories for people
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah in the community so yeah. it's nice to be able to carry that on and and for both of us being Bamer Islander, you know from the beginning it's like nice to be the ones doing that yeah so we were you know can help keep that nostalgia.
1: Yeah. Is the granola through that then as well? The one
2: you had is a Heyday granola. Is
1: Heyday Okay. Yeah. So Heyday has their own product line and then you have the baked goods and yeah, stuff. Yeah. The and Hay I Day know-
2: product line is a little more savory,
1: Yeah, but it has okay.
2: the sweet granola. But um, yeah, so there's two different wholesale lines. Um, Farm Kitchen Bakery is the sweet stuff. And then Heyday has like soup stock, granola, hummus, and pesto yeah. um, that we sell in local uh, markets and in our CSA in different areas. Yeah, um, yeah. So eventually, those might merge together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's so cool. I mean, just to have everything available, especially for those people who get to come and enjoy the CSA and pick it up and have this mini marketplace. I mean, we ourselves are going to have a mini marketplace on our thing. And I know that you guys are going to have a lot of things available. They get to try some during the dinner. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited for them to be able to experience all, in some sense, of what Heyday has to offer just in one.
2: Yeah.
1: looks like for an open well. house. For- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is so cool. It's so cool. And they get to enjoy the wine as well, which is yeah. Yeah. so cool. And Tiffany, you just completed like your own wine room, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. My, when we were remodeling for the bakery, we we're like, hmm, what are we going to do with this space over here? And yeah. I'd like, we should turn it into your cellar. And I was like, woo. <laughs> so, my- and you're like,
1: I knew I loved you. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Good pick. No. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the wine we make was a birthday surprise for yes. her that I did during COVID. Yeah. No. Where I eagerly went off and met with some winemaker friends of ours and, and developed what it was. And then I surprised her by bringing. Her and the whole staff out to Woodenville and and we went and bottled 90 cases of wine.
0: What? It was so fun. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It was really it was such a surprise. Oh my gosh. "Ah!" So that was the
2: (laughs) the beginning of that wine. And me and her just went out this what two weeks ago and Mm -hmm. and started tasting for the next vintage of it. So Mm -hmm. Oh my
1: gosh. That is so cool. What a wonderful story. Yeah, it was originate from that is (laughs) so neat. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Well, as we kind of wrap up, you have your tagline for heyday says your food has a story. So I'm wondering um, if you can explain just a little bit of what can your guests experience from hearing your food has a story when they come. To Haiti. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to them? To me, it's kind
0: of just like all the people that are involved in it. Like it's not just food on a plate, it's mm-hmm. all that hard work of all those people who help do make this beautiful dish from the gardeners planting the vegetables to, you know, the chefs creating the meal to the servers serving it to you to the dishwashers washing your dishes and then mm-hmm. back you know, to any leftovers being turned into compost to then go back into the soil Mm. to keep the cycle going. So that's what it means to me. I don't know about you, Tad, but
2: that's that's really similar. And and then just also that nostalgia piece that we kind of touched on a couple of times too, where, Mm. you know, it has a story of, you know, the history of it coming from a seed to your, your plate and, um, you know, that story of it progressing through the stages of how it got to you and and that we know the whole story of where it was when it started and how it made its way along to the plate so yeah um, yeah I think it kind of just boils back down to the roots of it and in the cycle that it runs through so
1: I love it well I'm so excited to have people who are islanders who live there and know it and who have Uh, grown up with it or experienced it or haven't yet come. And also to share that with people who are coming over on the ferry, you know, from over on this side and to be able to have that experience all together, especially if they listen to this in advance, giving them just a little starter into the story of what they are going to be experiencing. I just, I'm so excited for them to be able to have all those little moments and interactions. And then I mean, I'm just, I'm so I'm really excited to hear what lingers in their memory from Mm -hmm. such a special day, right? It's such a unique gift that you have in that farm experience. It's just so cool. So, and
2: and I think one thing just to touch on before we end this is, uh, I think that one thing to remind people about is that The industry of farming is hitting a a point where there's not a lot of young farmers. It's really hard for them to maintain this. I I think as a community and a society, it's really important for us to do what we can to support those up-and-coming farmers. Because if they don't, if they're hitting too many obstacles to keep this going, those farmers are not going to exist in the future. And it's just going to be giant corporations doing it because they'll be the only ones able to afford farming, um, which doesn't make it local and doesn't make it sustainable really. So you take all that hand, the sensory out of it. So Mm -hmm. I want to just make sure that we share that, This is an industry that, you know, has shown signs of, and there's a lot of industries right now that are showing this, but um, a lot of them are trade industries. Yeah, it's we're going to need to do our part to keep these things going um, for our future generations of people. Absolutely.
1: And what a great example that you guys can be as you are even raising the next generation who could be, you know, and people who get to come in and experience that. And also just being in a place where, just like you said, Bainbridge being a mix of people who have lived there for a really long time and people new to it, that's an opportunity for them to support local as well in your own establishment and and become a part of it, you know, Um, which is a really uh, exceptional opportunity to have and, and be a part of. So yeah. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. So to, to end this social creative does a thing where we're, we are, we put out a prompt question every week to engage conversation and dialogue between people. And we've had a myriad of different questions. Every week, I flip a new card and I don't even know what's coming. And some of them are like, (laughs) oh gosh. Um, But I promised my audience that I would answer them no matter what it is. Uh, So I have one that we've already pulled because I thought I would go really easy on you guys. Um, But this is last week's card. And the question is, one item, what's one item you've been holding on to far too long? <laughs> I laugh because oh, I'm Maybe you a, need to answer get rid each of other. It, get rid of yeah.
0: it. I'm like a perger. I'm like, yeah. don't hold on to anything. <laughs> oh, I love it. I so love it. that's gonna be hard. I gotta think about it.
2: I mean Mine's probably <laughs> mine's probably just clothing from I don't uh wear out my clothing very much. So mm-hmm. I, I still have stuff from like high school and stuff sitting in my closet that, I, <laughs> yeah. that I'll never wear, but it's not to the point where it's like holes and ratty where I'm like, maybe my kids would want to wear it. <laughs> you know, but, so that that's probably one thing for me. So
0: I totally. guess I, I am really nostalgic about like, cards and um things that people have given me so like I have all these letters and just birthday cards from I was a kid you know like I just have oh and then I've got this is funny in first grade oh, every week it must have been every week maybe it was like anyway so every week we had to make this Thing And so as you drew a picture and then you wrote a story and then they put it in this big construction piece of paper and folded it like a little book. So I have like 30 of these little stories that I wrote and I can't get rid of them because they're hilarious. And a lot of them talks oh, about like sick and dying and like these weird stories that yeah. a six year old would come up with. And I read them to my kids every once in a while and they're hilarious. So yeah.
1: those two things. <laughs> I love it. Your daughter is going to probably end up wearing something. Your your old stuff is going to be cool someday. Yeah. So you got to yeah. hold on to like one or two items. To- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll come back. Yeah. Um, Because I used to wear my dad's stuff out of his closet all the time. I just thought it was the coolest. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to bring people by and just experience the warmth and family atmosphere that you guys have there and to have them walk through your gardens and pick herbs and things that they'll be able to themselves look at on the plate and experience just that flavor the robust flavor that you guys have and this day is a day for them to appreciate the the gift that comes from slowness Mm -hmm. uh, the gift that comes from not being in this hustle culture and the rush that we find ourselves in all the time and to really, you know, see color new, taste food new, you know, without being rushed and I'm I'm really excited for them just to have the opportunity especially coming out of the pandemic and all the brokenness life
2: stressors <laughs> Yeah, the
1: life stressors, um the things that like broke connection and being together at a table. I'm really excited just to have your place be actually the first in-person long table dinner that we've had since the pandemic. So it really is going to be an extraordinary dream come true. So thanks for letting me be a part of that for other people. Thanks for the trust
2: for us to do that. we found that too over the last, you know, year or so. is like we hear that I haven't eaten out since March of 2020, and we're yeah, like, we're still hearing that, and, and we're like, thank <laughs> you so like, much well, for tr- trusting us to be our the first place to come out yeah. and eat. Yeah, where you know, like the, that gets back to that getting that feedback from the customers and and taking it to heart, like what they're saying and experiencing. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Thanks so much for listening in today. It was so fun to talk to Tad and Tiffany all about the whole experience that you get from Hayday Farm. Not just the atmosphere and the charm it delivers when you walk onto their property, but the food experience from what they grow to what they put in a CSA box to what they send off to grocers or sell at their own marketplace. And I loved our conversation just about how nostalgic food can be. You can hear the care that they put into their food practices and farming menu and guest experience. I mean, when you can walk onto their property and maybe walk through their gardens and feel the vegetables or smell the herbs, And then have it be put on your plate, it truly enhances the experience. I mean, that's what I call beautiful food. In its truest state, simple and delicious. So, whenever you're ready to take that day trip, you know, the one that's far enough away to feel transported and yet close enough to make it easy, so many fun ways to experience Heyday Farm. You can find them on Instagram at Heyday.Farm or on the web at www.haydayfarm.com. Thanks again for being interested in our community, in the people behind the brand, and in the stories they share. And as always, thanks for being a part of the conversation.